It is possible to be thankful every moment, every day. It, it takes practice and humility. It takes vision and civility. It takes practice and humility. It takes vision and civility. Hi, and welcome to Tell Me What Happened, the podcast that features people from all walks of life talking about real events from their childhood and how those events impacted their lives. I'm your host, Jay Rehack. And I love listening to stories from people's childhoods, which also help me understand who those people are. Tell Me What Happened is sponsored by Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books, including Susan Salador's children's book, I've Got Peace in My Fingers, available worldwide wherever quality books are sold. Tell Me What Happened is also sponsored by LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. LaughSaver.com will keep it for you, now and forever. Your family will appreciate it. It's free, and it's easy to use. That's LaughSaver.com. Today I have as my guest, Eva Lopez, a former student of mine from about 12 years ago. Eva's a communication strategist living in Brooklyn right now. Welcome to the show, Eva. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I look forward to hearing your story. I'm hoping if it's, a, if it's a sad story, it does not involve any part of honors to American literature with which I taught you. But <laughs> if it does, it does. I'm gonna take my chances. What I'm gonna do, Eva, is I'm gonna get out of your way. I'm gonna ask you to tell your story. And I really try, I try my best not to interrupt you. If, I, if you hear me in the background, I hope not to distract you is what I'm trying to say. So the, the basic idea of the storytelling is, is that I stay out of the way, you tell your story. And then afterwards, Eva, I'm going to ask you how you feel that that story has impacted you as an adult. Are you ready to tell your story? I am ready to share my story. So our story takes place in Santa Ana Mayo, Mexico, actually. So this is the town where my grandparents on my dad's side were born and raised, is where they grew up. Um, and back when I was about eight or nine years old, I spent two weeks with them back in Santana, uh, Santana. And it was, those two weeks were just some of the best weeks of my childhood, honestly, because I got to see a whole different world. I got to explore the town that my grandparents were from. I got to meet and make relationships with a lot of my family members that I you know, had never met before or had only met in passing and previous trips down to Mexico when I was younger. But this trip was the first time that I was old enough to actually form memories and, like I guess, I build relationships with certain, certain cousins and, and other family members. But the specific story that I want to tell is one in which one day I went to my, my Tia Oli's house and she lived right next door to my grandparents where they, their house there in, in Santana. So I went over there and we had a whole list of errands to do that day. And the first errand was we had to go to the market to pick up some, some groceries and just some other things that we needed for, for the house and, for, and for, for dinner that night. So she takes me to the, the town market. And to paint the picture, Santana is a very rural town, very rural community, um, a lot of dirt roads. You know, the market, you see live animals in cages that you can, you can just go and, and buy hens and live chickens and you know, you also have people that are selling vegetables and, and fruits that they grew right there in their, in their backyard. So, so this was the, 
to paint a picture of what this market looked like. It was something that I had never seen before, having grown up in the U.S. So it was a bit of a culture shock for me, but I, I loved it. And so my Thea, my aunt, she guided me to where to this the, this woman who was selling live chickens. And she goes to me. She goes, "Can you help me pick out a chicken?" And I said, "Sure." So I'm I'm looking at all ones, and here I am thinking, "Oh well." This is going to be another chicken to add to the the coop that my aunt has in her backyard because my aunt she they had a number of chickens that they would raise and lay eggs and and collect and, and sell those eggs and use them for for dinner and everything. So in my head, I'm trying to find a really nice looking chicken to add to that community that they have back in the backyard, right? right. So I find a really nice plump white chicken and we purchase it from the from the woman who's who's selling them there at the, at the market. And then we head back to my, my aunt's house. So once we get back to my aunt's house, we go straight into their backyard where they have the chicken coop and, and where my, my other aunt is starting to kind of get the things together to start making dinner. Mm-hmm. And my aunt turns to me and she goes, okay, so now I need you to hold down this, this chicken's legs for me. And I'm very confused oh. because in that moment I realized, oh, I was helping to select the chicken that we were going to eat for dinner tonight. That's, that's what I was doing back at the market. <laughs> and so I was a little mortified in that moment, but I knew I had to help out and I wasn't about to let my aunt down. So she grabbed the chicken and put its body down on this, this tree stump that was in the backyard. And she had me hold, hold its legs while she took an ax and chopped its head off. And eight, nine-year-old me is sitting there holding the legs and, and it's still moving after the head was cut off because it, you know, that, that's how the, the body reacts even after it's lost its, its head for a couple of minutes. And that image has stayed with me for <laughs> the rest of my life because that was just a, oh, that is a, the life of an animal that, yeah. was, that, that we just took, but is for our food later. And again, having grown up in, in Chicago, in the United States, where we buy our meat prepackaged, we don't see that, that whole process. It was, to see that as such a young kid, it, it just made me realize, wow, there is, you have to have an appreciation for life, for animals' life, and, and recognize the, the work that goes into having, making a meal. So after, after we killed the chicken, my aunt then took the body there was a, a big pot of boiling water that my other aunt was prepping. And so they put the chicken into the pot and then they started plucking the feathers one by one to start cleansing the chicken and preparing the meat. And I remember watching this process and helping my, and my aunts with that as well. And, you know, it, it, there was a couple, a couple more hours of, of food prep that, of chicken prep <laughs> that went into this. And fast forward to dinner, for dinner, we had caldo de pollo that night, chicken soup. And I remember sitting at that table and staring at the bowl of soup. And my cousin, who was sitting next to me, made a comment. And she goes, she goes, yeah, we can't just go to KFC here. And I turn to her and I go, yep, but this is so much better, so much better. Because the soup was phenomenal. I still remember how it tasted. And I think what made it taste even better as well was, again, just knowing all the, the love and labor that went into it. And my, my aunts and just in, in general, the, my, my family and the community in Mexico, you know, when you, when you do see prep your food from the market, from, from farm to table like that, there is really an, an appreciation for everything that went into it. And so that, 
that meal and that whole process of witnessing and, and helping to, to kill the chicken that later became our dinner that night just made me realize a, a number of things. It made me realize that the privileges that I had growing up in, in the U.S. compared to you know, what my cousins and what my family had to do just for, to make them a meal back, back in Mexico. It made me realize all the things that my, my grandparents, my abuelitos, what, what they gave up to come to the U.S. and, and how everything that they did was to give us that, that better life and, and to ensure that we had a life that was just a little bit easier than what they had growing up in, in Santana in, in such a small, small rural town. But, but most of all, I think it, it made me realize I should not take anything for granted, anything that I have back home and that the true beauty in being able to appreciate the food on your table or just something that you really worked hard for, that it's important to take a moment to appreciate the, the effort and, and hard work that goes into that. And the again, the, the love and the labor that, that can go into something as simple as chicken soup, which if I was eating chicken soup in, in the US that was straight out of a Campbell's can I, or from a restaurant, I wouldn't think about it, but staring at that soup and knowing that, okay, that was the chicken that I helped select earlier today and that I held, held its legs down, but it served a, a, a purpose and it's feeding our whole family. There was just a lot, a lot in that meal that I, again, still carry with me, still carry with me today. Well, that's uh, well said, beautiful story. I was thinking, of course, the whole time I'm wondering down the road now, are you a vegetarian? You still eat chicken? Um, you go to KFC? Do you, uh, you know, I, I definitely, I've never experienced what you're talking about, but I do know, of course, that Somebody has to kill the chicken. Somebody has to repair it. So, did it impact you in that way? Are you still are you vegetarian? Or are you uh, you you still good with eating chicken? Or how do you how do you, how else has that impacted you down the road here? That is a great question. I am honestly a big carnivore. I love meat. It would be very hard to to give up meat. And, and that's the thing is, especially where where my family is from, pork, for example, is is huge. So carnitas and making anything that can come from it, Santana specifically is a big pig farming town as well. Mm -hmm. And so, but the animals are, are treated there with, with respect. And, and there's this just common knowledge that yes, we're going to eat these, these animals, but in knowing that and knowing that they're providing the food for this family, it's important to treat animals with respect and understand that when you're raising them, when you're killing them to do it as humanely as possible. So that was part of the other lesson that, that I learned and so that experience did not deter me from eating meat, but it did just make me more appreciative of, wow, this is the process that goes into it. And it's important to be making food selections that you know this meat is coming from a reputable farm or brand or someone that you know is practicing humane farming practices. Yeah, that's great. I agree with you a thousand percent because I definitely think these these animals, they are a gift to us in terms of our ability to eat food, et cetera, but also... They should be treated with respect. And I think people who are farmers are generally, generally people who are humane people who understand the process and uh, certainly don't abuse animals for, to, for the purpose of abusing them. They, they literally understand that this is nutrition and this is uh, helps sustain the world. Well, thank you for that story. I feel kind of badly for the eight or nine-year-old Eva back then <laughs> picking out that chicken <laughs> thinking oh it's a cute little chicken or cute thought you're picking out the cutest one or whatever and turning out oh that's tonight's dinner <laughs> um uh, that's, that's that's it well 
Well, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate your time. And it's it's good to actually reconnect many, many years later after you're in my class. I talked to you briefly before the show and I said, it's only been a few years and you wound up telling me that you've actually graduated from Whitney Young about eight years ago. Is that right? Yes. In wow. 2012, the time flies by. It does. It does. All right. I well, remember so much from your class, like <laughs> the Jersey Shore song that my group and I had to write to Yankee Doodle. Do you remember that assignment? I do remember that. We do. We still do it. We take 19th century songs and, uh, yes, you know, modernize them, I guess, basically. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm glad you remember that. I'm hopefully nothing that from, but by class is any sort of a painful memory. I think I'm, I'm happy to know that you're in communications. That's fantastic. That's great. And uh, most importantly, it sounds like you're happy living out in Brooklyn. And that makes me happy too. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. And it was, it was so great getting to reconnect as well. All right. That's our show. I'd like to thank my former student, Eva Lopez, for telling us her story. Also, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. I'd also like to mention, if you'd like to be on the show, contact me. If you have a story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And then finally, our sponsors, of course. I'd like to thank LaughSaver.com. Go to LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. We'll keep it for you now and forever. It's free, and your children, and your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren, and probably a lot of friends will thank you for it. That's LaughSaver.com. Of course, I'd also like to thank Sidelining Publishing, publishers of great books, including Scott Suma's timely work, don't act like the president. Now I'm going to end this show as we often do with Susan Salador's classic, Every Moment, Every Day, available on Spotify, BTW. Ask Alexa to play Susan Salador. So until next time, this is Jay Rehack asking you all to stay safe out there and try not to hurt anybody. It is possible to be thankful every moment, every day. It, it takes practice and humility. It takes vision and civility. It takes practice and humility. It takes vision and civility. It takes possible to be wisdom to see it every day. It takes practice and humility. It takes vision and civility. It is possible to be thankful to see it every day. It takes practice and humility it takes vision and civility it takes practice and your wisdom to see it and civility it takes practice and your wisdom to see it and civility it takes beauty and the wisdom to see it everywhere it is possible to be thankful every moment